Welcome to the Unbreakable and Fearless Podcast. I'm JC, current collegiate student athlete and owner of Unbreakable Female Athlete. Candice, current college coach and owner of Fearless and Capable. We are teaming up to bring perspectives as a coach and as an athlete that hit on topics and issues that we face as women in sport. Join us as we build on a friendship of more than 10 years and get real about what is happening. And how we can make tomorrow better for women in sports. Hello, Candace. <laughs> how are you, JC? Good. Long time, no talk. I know. We've been busy, both of us. Uh yeah. In a lot of good ways. It appears things are good with Unbreakable. Yep. You're actually rowing. The injury's yep. doing all right. So we're in recovery mode. Good. Yeah. We're yeah. we're on the move, man. It is like full spring season. Um, training, traveling, competing, racing. Yeah. We're going. How, what's it like as soccer we come in and like we are in season where you guys kind of build a bit more like you're not into the full performance mm -hmm. right like that's in the spring so what's it like all year kind of waiting for that time it's really interesting because like the fall we attack is like basically race mode um it feels like we train like we're going to be racing you know like that weekend and yeah. so it's kind of like a really long wait because it's like we train really hard all year like the way that you train, you know, like for a race, mm -hmm. like we are like always like that. And then you get into like, finally it's like race season. And so yeah, now it's kind of like, we're training really hard, but like we have short periods to like train really hard and then go travel. So yeah. it's just a really long wait. <laughs> yeah. I've never experienced that. Like for me, it's like, you're coming in and everything is happening at once classes and moving in and season so it's just it's different for it and I'm always I'm always curious to the point of view for athletes and coaches when you're a winter or spring sport like how does that weight feel like in some ways I'm jealous because I'm like oh I'd love more time to prep but then there's this like adrenaline rush of like it's here and let's yeah. go um and so yeah it's it's just interesting for everybody but uh I think you know, one of the things that we want to talk about today is obviously, you know, with all the, all the desires to win from coaches, athletes, like winning is one of the greatest feelings, right? I mean, it just, that's why we're here. <laughs> endorphins. Yeah. It's, it's such a part of it. And there's so many ways we individually experience the process and all the ways that we individually, we've talked about be motivated, all that, but like, there are people that do it wrong. There are a lot of people that do it wrong. And I'm a firm believer that there are people that cannot be reformed. Yep. There's underlying things going on that maybe are really, really maybe deep in trauma, deep in something else that I'm not going to put a, an exact finger point it to, but it, it's at the same time, they're not going to be able to be reformed and they need to not be in an environment like this, especially with, you know, young adults, especially children and in, in general. 
but I think there are people that could be reformed. So coaches that do behaviors or, you know, yell or do certain things that I'm not against yelling, but, you know, say things that are just like, why are you doing what, what was the why and how in that action? Why did you do it? And why did you choose it to do it that way? Um, and I think there is an ability to be educated, but I also think that only comes from being called out or called in. Yeah. And I know you have a little bit of experience. And so today, as we're kind of talking about the whole theme of reporting, what it means for athletes, what it means for coaches and, and so on, you know, I know you and I are going to be probably, as we always are, a little vulnerable. So yeah. what, what would you mind sharing about your process of understanding the environment and what you were going to do next individually and as a team? Um, I think at some point you recognize that like your, your people aren't okay, I think is kind of like where I finally, you know, a lot of coaches, as I've said multiple times, like it's kind of hard to like feel that like relationship, like where there's like a give and take, but like where, where do you compromise and where, how, like, how do you work together? Um, and yeah, I think that right now more than ever, there's a lot of athletes that are like standing up and speaking out against how they're being treated. And I think that that's super important. And I'm someone that I don't think that we should be, um, I don't think we should push that away. I don't think we should be pushing. If athletes feel that they're being treated wrong, you need to speak up and, you know, talk to someone. And so I had recognized that my people weren't okay um, in a way that like we were being manipulated um, emotionally and it wasn't, it was, I'm, I'll be honest, um, there had been a lot of reporting about it saying like, this isn't okay. And I don't think that the university did things well enough. I don't think that they responded quickly enough. And I understand that there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Um, but the way that we were being treated was so wrong. And if you have someone coming in with those allegations, multiple people coming in and explaining how they how they feel and how they're being treated, um, I think that action should be taken a little bit quicker than they were. Um, and I firmly will stand by that. And I don't, I also don't agree with how, um, it was handled in the fact that our co former coach was able to just resign and leave. Um, and it was there, like the whole story, the whole picture was never really painted. So from the outside looking in, it looks like our former coach just left because it was the right time for him and his family. Whereas we were being uh, manipulated, um, turned against one another. Um, he was absolutely ridiculously, he treated people so insanely. It was just, yeah, we were treated horribly. Mm -hmm. And he treated some people worse than others. And I think that our support staff was really, our, our really close-knit support staff really recognized that and advocated for us. Um, but I think that people maybe higher up didn't take action. And I think that's where we're seeing a big disconnect. Like when, when you read the articles, it's like the people who are higher up and make like the final decisions don't really get involved or don't comment on it or, you know, just kind of push it away. And that's, that's when I had said, I went in and said, you put all this rhetoric out that like, if something's wrong, come speak to us. Like your mental health matters. 
Um, you as a person, you before being an athlete, you matter, but you're not taking action when we stand up and say that we're being mistreated. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a, oh, I don't like this coach. Like, oh, the workouts are so hard. No, it's like we're being manipulated to that. Like no one should be manipulated, but a grown man should definitely not be manipulating 18 to 22, 23 year olds. That's absolutely like it's just wrong right Mm -hmm. um and so that's where like i decided like it's time to stand up and speak out and i didn't worry about and that's the thing again at that time i had nothing to be taken away from me so and i know there were a lot of people that worried that they would have like their scholarships removed um and at that time i had nothing that he could hold against me And so I was like, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to speak out, and I'm going to say, like, how you're treating us is wrong because there's nothing that he can do to me besides try and kick me off the team. And I'll Mm -hmm. raise hell if you do that. Like, (laughs) I might be miserable, but I'm not leaving until something happens. (laughs) Yeah, and there's so much in there that I remember you you texting me. Yeah. And, like, my heart broke because – Anytime athletes are being put into a position where they're trying to reconcile what is reality versus what's not, what is a standard or expectation that they were or were not aware of that it's, it's just so confusing. And I think one of the bigger things that you said it towards the end is that he had nothing to take away from you. I, I agree. And I disagree. Here's where I disagree with you. You have like your own dignity and respect. So that to him, he could take that self-value, that self-worth. Those things are still tangible, but I do understand the threat of the school environment. And I think that's where, you know, for me, I, I was in a similar situation 20 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) I think 20 years ago now, Um, where I was in a, a very, very manipulative environment uh with my head coach as a player so i was the student athlete and and our head coach and i mean it was it was present from day one but everyone just said well this is what it must be like this is what college sports must be and we're now where our parents aren't here to protect us you know we're on our own this just must be what the level ask for and that met that one simple justification validation whatever we said to our head that this is what collegiate sports looks like carried so much weight and every single behavior conversation outburst individually collectively to the group that you were just sitting there and going oh this is what i just must endure because i'm going to be great if i can endure this and i can push through and i can be resilient everything that any sport, movie, documentary, parent, anybody in the sports is like, this will make you better. If you can fight through this, you'll be better. Do I think sometimes the, the field results maybe showed that? Well, kind of. But the backstory of like our team's success in my freshman year, I come in, we don't even make the tournament. And like we get a little bit better. But by my senior year, we win the tournament and go into the NCAAs. But the whole backstory to it is there is a meeting freshman year in the dorms with all of us as a full class saying, one, we will never act like the leaders do. 
in terms of how they like they almost took his ways and behaviors and then you know brought it to us we won't act that way and number two like whatever he does to us we always have each other so there's a pact being done behind the scenes that we are each other's support systems and we will not take his manipulative behaviors and throw it down to the team and you know that i think is more of the reason we were successful by my senior year not that his tactics worked but like you said the outside view is the thing he got to carry which is yeah and validated his his stuff so i think those are always interesting pieces that administrators and leaders you you do carry a burden of you brought this person in you've hired them and you've put them into a role of power influence and impact but it's also your your role to control that to check in on it to make sure that there are issues when they arise that are addressed and addressed timely and addressed appropriately and so i think there's so much there that is is difficult because i didn't speak up and i didn't speak up because it manifested eventually into the sexual assault but there was so much he could take away my career, what I wanted to do next, um, my reputation, all of these things he could take away. That was the mindset. I don't think that's the truth, but it's really hard to get past that mindset when you're in the moment because you're just trying to survive. Yeah. And so, go ahead. I just, what I, what I was thinking, like, as you were speaking is what was interesting to me is, um, the coach that we had, the former coach that we had, had done really well and had brought the team up to, you know, eighth in the country or whatever the highest they got was like eighth in the country. But everyone from stories you hear is everyone was so miserable. Well, come into my freshman year after COVID, it seemed like, I mean, we were very miserable. Like, and I just thought I came in freshman year, you know, thinking, okay, is this how it's supposed to be? Like, are you just supposed to be miserable all the time? And everyone kind of was just like, yeah, like it just sucks. Like, but I just was seeing like everyone's mental health deteriorate to the point where we did so horribly at big tens. Like we got seventh and Mm -hmm. he was, I mean, he was livid. Like basically you're ruining the reputation that I, like I built this whole entire program up um, and you guys are ruining my reputation. Well, no one wants to compete for you because you treat us like shit. And so that's kind of like what I had even gone in and said to administrators that I had said, like, at some point, you're not going to have a team because at some point, all of us are going to turn on him. And I know I've said that before. Um, And that was my goal. Honestly, like my goal, anything he said, I would do the opposite of because the way he treated us was so ridiculous that I I knew I just had to be there to stay there because I knew that, like, I would continue to fight. Yeah. But it just like it brought our program down so far. Like we were basically almost as low as you could get. And mm-hmm. then it's just amazing to see like the instant change we had when we actually had a coach that co- came in and like a coaching staff that like really cares for us. And like mm-hmm. at that point, by my sophomore year, we had no coaching staff because everyone left because no one wanted to work for him. So we were to the we were we had nobody. I mean, that's another thing that administration should look at. This is a D1 program that was ranked quite high. 
no one wants to work for him. Like, hmm, I wonder when every single person leaves and we've all been stating there's issues, why not address that? And we will be right back to our show. I'm JC Hall, founder of Unbreakable Female Athlete, LLC, and current student athlete on the University of Iowa women's rowing team. According to a study done by Always, of more than 1,000 girls aged 16 to 24, 67% of them exclaim they feel society does not encourage girls to play sports. That's why I created Unbreakable Female Athlete. At Unbreakable Female Athlete, we work to educate, inspire, and empower girls all over the world, utilizing branded apparel. Overall, we work to cultivate a group of female athletes amongst the world under one message, Unbreakable. You can find our branded apparel on www.unbreakablefemaleathlete.com or Instagram at unbreakablefemaleathlete underscore. Now back to our show. Uh, no, it's the program I was in had new assistants every year. Yeah. And we knew why, because he would embarrass them at training sessions. Um, he yeah. Would, he would yeah. pull out and just embarrass the snot out of them. And it was a power trip. It was a power move. And then yes. so as players, we had the joke of um, he had a little black book, but his little black book was not of like women. It was of things we did. We had no idea of that. He would be prepared to bring it back to us at some point in time. And so like, you're all, you're always comforting your teammate because you don't know why she's in trouble. Cause it was always this, distorted reality and you know i had a teammate that would get kicked off the field and sent to the locker room just you're done leave and it got to the point i would try to look at her and be like did you pick a wedgie is that why you got kicked off you know we can't pick wedgies just to try to have her crack a smile but that's a teammate that's a roommate i had and then you're talking that i have to try to help the assistant coaches because they're being just as ridiculed and just as embarrassed like it does not set up a healthy environment i think you have a very important piece in this is that you looked around and as decision makers, administrators, they're looking around, don't just take one data point. You had multiple data points. Like you said, you had assistants that, you know, were leaving. You had people who didn't want to work there. You had players and athletes looking at you going, this isn't adding up. This is not healthy. You know, there's, there's real points to that. I think the hard part sometimes is the very beginning where like the first people that go to report how that process goes. So I do want to kind of flip to, you know, what for you as athletes, is there, is there this thing that you can kind of go, well, there's a much, much better chance to get my coach in trouble right now. Like, do you ever see that where there are people that are like, I'm going to go report and you're like, dude, you're reporting something that's not, that's not to the level of which administrators to know. It's a, it's a personality flaw you don't like in the person. That's not abuse. Do you see any of that? Cause I know that's a big question from coaches. Um, I haven't personally, because like, like the coaching staff we have right now is just so receptive to everything and just right. like absolutely incredible. Like I yeah. would literally say the best coaching staff you could ever get at this point um and obviously like we came from like what seemed like the depths of hell from before and everything was kind of like reported at that point because it was just like right you have to because it was like how do we get their attention because he's treating us so horribly so yeah i kind of have got i haven't seen personally i haven't been on a team where people just kind of report because 
pissed and off. I know this is just this podcast is you and I and our point of view, but I think that's important piece. Like I haven't had, I haven't gotten into a situation or been, you know, a, a support or resource in a situation where there wasn't some validity to the yeah. athletes going to the administrators and saying, this doesn't meet the expectations that you have set as student athletes in terms of what we should be receiving in terms of behavior, thoughts, words, all that from the coach. So I think well, that's an, here's, uh, here's what, here's what I think about it as well as I would never. And I think that's kind of like what we've set. And, and I know that like things are supposed to be anonymous, but like we knew that as soon as we said something, somehow, some way it had gotten back to the coach that like we had said, like someone had said something yep. and, and that's where I'm like, we were reporting because like, we knew that thing, like there were issues and that there was validity behind it. Yeah. If we were just reporting nonsense, like it would get back and we'd look like dumbasses because here you are reporting something like most people would be like, what the hell? Like, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's kind of where we were. It was like, we somehow, some way always got back to our former coach and yeah. he would know. And I don't know how to this day, like, I don't know how, but yeah. I mean, I think there's what, what the reasonable steps probably are. If my team came in reporting on me, I would want to know and have yeah. the chance to either defend or explain what my actions were. So my guess is they probably went to him and said, here's what we got. What do you expect? Now, the issue is, is his response, the retaliation, the things that would come after that, yeah. which is poor. And that's part of it. So I think that is one huge piece that, you know, where are the data points? Where are the obvious data points? Those coaches, I think, are are people that really have opportunities to grow and they're just choosing not to, you know, like there's really the choice as a coach to say, you know what? I did experience my, my athletic career this way. I mean, that's what my coaches were. I mean, I've told you what I've said on this podcast, the way I screamed at you guys as 12 year olds, I don't do it anyway near that right now. Like nothing like that. Like I apologize. Like, and this is one thing I'm telling coaches right now is like, if you realize your old coaching practices, because you didn't have the education, you were mimicking your coaches. You just didn't have the awareness and the education and the knowledge yet. You can still go back and go, I did you wrong. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have treated it like that. And it would be completely different right now, you know? So yeah. I think those are things that are totally doable as a coach. If you recognize there are behaviors you probably did. Um, but I know what I also did, which is I had the other side where I showed emotional intelligence. I brought you in one-on-one -on -one and said, Hey, like, I care about you. What's going on. How can we make you better? So I think there's, there's parts where like, what if a coach who is in a situation where he or she is being called, you know, to the rug to defend these behaviors and they do show signs of remorse and they show signs of education and knowledge that they're willing to take in. Do those coaches get second chances? Here's, here's my thing is I remember by the end of, you know, our whole situation, we had the former coach come in and he had to sit down in front of all of us and basically explain why he treated us like shit. And all we wanted was an apology. All we wanted was an apology. And all he gave was excuses as to why he treated us like shit. 
He gave us excuses as to why he made us turn off our emotions because he had things going on in his life. Well, we couldn't have emotions, but he was allowed to, you know, freaking retaliate on us. So, and, and we had said, a lot of us had said, like, if he would have taken the summer to like, you know, maybe get some like mental health training. Um, yeah. Learn how to deal with people, humans, their emotions, because we are, we have emotions We're we have feelings, we have periods, we have everything. Um, and came in, you know, like I apologize for how I acted last year, um, how I treated your teammates, how I treated one specific teammate. Um, if, if he would have done that, oh, it would have been a lot better. Instead, yeah. he continued to treat us like shit, continued to, you know, he told athletes to go in and say what had happened the previous year never happened. He, he was like, go tell administration that, that what they're saying about me didn't happen. Yeah. Um, told multiple athletes to do that. And that, yeah, he just didn't take accountability. Not at all. Yeah. And he got to leave with his pride and dignity and not once ever apologized, just made excuses. And so that right there, I have zero respect for him, zero yeah. remorse. I don't think that he should ever work with athletes. I think yeah. that he should work in a factory. And I, it, what pisses me off is he just got to leave and now he's a mentor for athletes who are trying to get into colleges. That's ridiculous. That's <sighs> yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And we say work for factories because it's machines and not people. And, yeah. and I think for him, you know, the fact that he's gone into a role where he's, he's mentoring is, is terrifying. And I, yeah. I have similar in the fact that I was actually talking to somebody the other day that they told me, um, my head coach last summer when the articles came out and they presented it to him, the place that he was employed in, um, he goes, yep, that's what I did. I did that. And he said, I was a different person. But I also have the interviews that he did and the words and the notes from his interviews when the university asked him and all of it was about us and what we had done and that it was, there's no accountability. And I even said, I go, I've had these weird dreams where he apologizes to me and I feel a little bit better or I'm seeking the apology. And I just, I don't know if if I'm sorry would ever make me feel 100% better about it. But it would take a little bit of the sting away to be like, I screwed up. I did something I I should have never done. Yeah, it goes such a long way. But the second part is I'm sorry. And then actions are evolving and things are changing. You know, the I'm sorry to the manipulation. So that's where I I think there is a, a component of this that we do need to talk about, which is the fact that things like your coach did, which is go tell the athletic directors that that didn't happen. So he's distorting the reality of that individual. Like she's starting to have to question what experiences she had. She knows she had that, but he's distorting it. And I think that's a very real and very difficult issue. And, and I do have empathy for leadership in this way is that very good narcissistic type individuals. I don't want to put that as the absolute, but there's a very good chance there's gaslighting and manipulation going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that the experience of one is absolutely abusive, traumatizing everything. And the experience of another 
might have glimpses of that, but it's not, it's more supportive. It's more this, it's more, it looks different, which then creates the contradiction when administrations go, huh? Well, no, well, this person said it was great. And you're like, yeah, that's a sign of a really terrifying individual that they can manipulate that much of the environment to make this person feel crazy about feeling abused, you know, um, ashamed of who they are or whatever feelings they're having that are leading to a lack of self-worth and lack of confidence. They, you know, lack of a better term, they feel crazy. And that was one of the things I remember when, after the sexual assault, I felt crazy. Like, why me? Like, I'm the one in sweatpants. I'm the, like, in, you know, not that I didn't think I was the prettiest on the team. I'm this, I, like, but you made me feel crazy. Like, we had a decent relationship when I was a player. We were sarcastic. Like, we had this. And then it just made me go, wait, what? What happened in this? And then, like, now knowing the reports, it was like, I wanted it. He said to the university, I wanted it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that is not the reality that I was living in. And so it was really, really hard because I know on the backside, he was telling other people that I'm not trustworthy. I'm not good. And then he would isolate me. And that's where the isolation continued to build into something that was a lot of, you know, depression, uh, times and, and so on. And I think, you know, one of the things I shared more recently on my social media was the USA Today article about the Iowa State women's soccer coaches and kind of the last several, not just the current coach, but the last several coaching hires. Um, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not in the environment to validate or not, but I also know athletes that have been in those environments and it is exactly that. Yeah. Some will have the experience where it doesn't seem that bad and you wonder where they're justifying what things they're experiencing or truly they're being the one to groom to say, it's not that bad. They're really nice to me. They've done all these amazing things. And then on the backside, you know, to use the article whispering in their ear, you're worth nothing. Mm -hmm. Like those are things that as an administrator, as people in the room, in the room to hire and fire, how do you know what the truth is? And so from, from this perspective of like student athletes, you know, you're shaking your head. I would assume that that rings a bell in terms of these yeah. re distorted realities for some and others. It, it just yeah. creates tension between players sometimes and athletes. It was like uh, puppet strings. People were on puppet strings. Um, some people, he had, you know, his few people that he had chosen and that they'll be the first ones to tell you right now that like they now recognize that they were manipulated and nothing, I have nothing against them because absolutely like it, it's terrifying. And like he holds, you know, in, in our heads, like he like acted as a God. So he held the key to them, you know, competing to them going on to, you know, the, like the national team. So, um, he definitely was like pulling strings and it ended up just turning people against one another because then he's got some people inside. He's taking people's scholarships away without telling them. I mean, just insane the way he acted. And I think there's this justification to, well, they're doing what they need to do to win. That athlete's not living up to something, you know, like there's these excuses we can use 
and then also administrators who maybe are of the older generation's mentality that this is just what coaches do. This is beneficial. This is how coaches work are realizing that or not they're failing to realize the repercussions, not just as an athlete, they're failing to realize what happens two to five years to 10 years post these collegiate sports environments that, you know, I, I said at the end of the day, and I say it truly is that like, I hope my student athletes, whether they play every minute to, to no minutes, they come out with self-worth and more than anything tied to just the game. And we'll be right back to our show. Fearless and Capable is a mentorship program specifically geared for women and girls working and participating in sport. A monthly membership allows you to access all of the resources, courses, workshop events, and team huddles that you can get in a month's time to support what you want to achieve in life. Our one-on-one mentoring services allows you to do a deep dive to meet with women across the industry that have gone through what you are going through and want to help and support you to achieve your ideals in your life and your career. You can check out more at fearlessandcapable.com and certainly follow us on all our social media channels at Fearless Capable. Now back to our show. They've got to come out with self-worth that is tied in other ways than just soccer. And I cannot be that key that holds their happiness every day because I will disappoint them. But I'm also rooting for them and my other behaviors, but I will disappoint them at some point in time. I will. It's part of the job. But at the same time, I have a responsibility that what I do in the four years or two years, however much time you have with me, it has an impact what will happen the year after you graduate, five years, 10 years. And in my case, it's still 20. Like I still, when a coach gets into that like berating mode, I go into like, you know, fight or flight. And I typically am in like a freeze, like um, fawn mode, you know, in that whole spectrum of things. So I think it's really tough. And I know um, for you, you're, you're in such a, a better environment and the results are coming. Yeah. Right. The results, the results, it's literally a night and day difference, night and day difference. Like we, you know, freshman year finished seventh, sophomore year, we finished fifth at at big tens this year. Um, just last weekend we raced, um, against a a bunch of different teams, but like raced against Ohio state, Ohio state won big tens last year. We had two boats beat Ohio state. Um, and two other boats be a lot closer to Ohio State than they were at Big Tens. And we were missing girls. We had girls who were injured. We had girls who were sick. So, like, we've still got speed to find. But it's because everyone is, like, it's just night and day difference. We are all working together for yeah. one cause. And it's it's so much better. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, you can tell it in your face. Yeah. yeah. It's just show. It's yeah. not like a pounding what the biggest thing that I've noticed besides the way we've been treated is the difference in our, um, the way we attack our workouts as well. We, every workout, it doesn't define you. And like, we're not stuck to doing the hardest things every single day. Like we switch it up, we cross train, we do so many different things. And 
that's, I feel like that's kind of a newer way to like train, you know, mm-hmm. like where you're not, yeah. you know, just pounding, pounding it and just one thing, like you're not just doing sprints every single day. You know what I mean? Like right. we, we do so many different ways to exercise and work out and move our body and it's really paying off. Whereas some people are just stuck in their old habits and it wasn't paying off. And instead of recognizing that, Hey, it's not paying off because this isn't working for my team. It was, well, something's wrong with you. And it sounds like your coach is not godlike. No, understands not (laughs) his capabilities and his limits and where and how other people being involved with the team is actually a good thing. I think that's always another really big red flag is when um, coaches and it's not necessarily a red flag that there's abuse, but there's red flag that there might be something the coach needs to use as like a growth moment or like a learning opportunity. Um, If they're not allowing other resources to come into the team. Um, I understand there's ways and cultures and, you know, workout programs, but if you're fearful that other people are going to come in and an impact in a negative way and you're, I just struggle with that component. You know, I do, I do have a responsibility that the people I bring into the program are beneficial to the student athletes, a hundred percent that comes on me. But at the same time, I am not the knowledge source for this and that I'm, I'm the soccer person. This is what I study. Yeah. This is what I do. Do I have a responsibility to know about the other things? A hundred percent. I know about them. I don't know how to teach them. I don't know how to guide them on a very individual level that, you know, student athletes often, often need. So, yeah. um, I know we got to wrap this up. So I'd love from your side and then I'll take the coaching side. What are things that if a student athlete was standing in front of you right now and saying, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't feel right. Like my people aren't okay. As you said, at the very beginning of this, like, what are the things you would tell them to get in order to do what, what's your best advice in that situation? Um, I think it would be go tell, I mean, go talk to anyone in administration. I mean, obviously like if there's like a consistent, you know, I don't feel like we're being treated right. My people aren't okay. There's a bunch of different data points. Honestly, like I journaled things down that I could walk into administration and say, here's this, 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 this. I can give you a whole list of things that's happening right now. And Mm -hmm. I can give you specifics. And here's people that can back me up. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's evidence of different things. Um, I think you just keep speaking up. And if they, they aren't receptive to it, find someone else to speak to. If they aren't receptive to it, find something else, someone else to speak to. And you know what? If it's so bad that and no one's listening, you can write up a story and go to the newspaper because they will post that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not it's... even kidding. We were very close to doing that. Like if yeah. they weren't going to get a move on, we're going to the Daily Iowa and we're going to share yeah. our story. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the journaling is always a really important piece uh, that helps. I know with my... Uh, with the articles last year in the guardian, the biggest thing I had was I had all this documented evidence of me telling, even though I didn't tell when it happened in 2007, um, since 20, you know, 15, 16, I had documented it and told the people I was supposed to tell with state sport coming into play with all these other components. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, there was, there was a trail that I had that wasn't just how I felt, Um, but how you feel is important, but you've got to find a way to 
put it down, document it, and so on. So I think that's an important piece. And I think from coaches, it's it's not going to be too different. Is one, you got to document. Um, I take notes in player meetings. I have my notes from post-meeting. If I have calls with players, um, anything that's like a verbal communication, and there's something either I promise or something that I want them to take tangibly, um, I do try to follow up with like a text or an email so that there's a written report essentially of communication between the two of us. Um, you know, I do know that there's situations where coaches will actually record conversations. You always have to get permission. Um, even if your state doesn't have that, just get permission, like be upfront and honest. And if you're saying something that you are fearful to put in a writing or put on a recording, then don't say it. Yep. Like, I don't know how hard that is. If you're fearful of what to say or do, then don't say it. Find and go to a mentor, go to a resource and say, here's the issue. Here's something I'm thinking about doing. Do you have a different way I could do it? Cause I'm fearful of what could happen. And I will say that like, there was a situation the other day, somebody said um, there was something like a girl was eating and there was, you know, do you say something on the bus to her about what she's eating considering there's been conversations about like fitness level and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, why would being on the bus in front of her peers be the space to have that conversation? She's already digested the food. There's nothing you're going to do about it. You're just going to have a response from her. And there's probably going to be a response from multiple student athletes that hear that, that you will know nothing about, but could negatively impact what they're doing because food is a very important fuel that does not get discussed enough on how to do it. So document, 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 document. That's my, that's my halftime speech. One time I did literally do like a shoot, 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 shoot. That's, that's where I try to nail it home. So you want to document too. I think you have to be open to growing and learning new ways. And you have to understand that the, I hate this whole thing that kids, this, they're not the same these days. No, no, they're not. Yeah. It's, it's not something that is to be looked upon negatively. You know, I look at the generation today and Gosh, I wish I had like the empowerment, the outlets, the ways to communicate. I also don't envy you all for a lot of reasons to how much access you have to things and all the things you could receive and the pressures and all of that. Like, I mean, we haven't hit on it, but man, coaches impact environments where student athletes attempt suicide. That's that's a responsibility we have is the environment that they come into and how that rolls into it. So there's so much that this plays into. Um, but I understand one thing that is a big issue sometimes is you guys ask us a lot of questions. You ask a lot of questions. And I go back to my nine-year-old can Google everything right now and get an answer. Why am I upset that they're asking me questions? It's not a challenge to me. It's of a very inquisitive generation. They have mm -hmm. the ability to be inquisitive. They have the access to learn and know about different points of view. Um, so if you're doing the things, you set the culture, you set the values, you live them. You don't just say them. You live them by what you do. You apologize when you mess up. You make it a vulnerable space where emotions can be talked about. Listen, when the thing that happens that kind of is a screw up, it will be much better to patch that up and move forward in a better space. And then athletes, when they come and if they falsely accuse or they start to realize that this isn't the environment for them, it's, it does become, it's never easy, but it becomes a little bit easier to say, you're just not a good fit. 
That's yeah. jobs. That's everything you move forward from. There are universities I will never work for. I'll walk into the admin office and turn around and walk back out because by just the people, the way they walk, they carry, they don't align with who I am and what I want to be. That's life. Yep. I get to have that choice. And so I do think um, when we get to the, the last piece I want to, which is there's nothing to take away. I felt the same. It was really brave of me to come forward with what my coach did to me. When my career is more settled, I, he can't impact it. But you know what? He took away so much more than a career or a goal, any of it. Your, your self-worth is the biggest thing that they will take away, and it is not worth that. So go tell somebody. Go get the supports. Um, coaches, be open to the feedback. Understand you might need to evolve. You might need to sit back and listen and see what is. And you used a different, an important word, compromise. Mm-hmm. Real compromises, not manipulative one, real compromises to what the athletes and the app coaches can do. So that's my two bit. There's a lot there, but I think it's an important piece. So, oh, JC, I'm, I feel better talking about this. It's been a week that it's been in my head. And so thank you for letting me like word vomit, word vomit it all out. Me too. It's always good. Well, um, for listeners, we do have um, some fun things coming up we actually are going to do a few interviews um and some people that bring some interesting points of view and again resources things to learn about things to listen to so some new episodes coming up that aren't just jc and i but i mean these are pretty cool too i think so uh (laughs) but jc anything for the the greater good before we say bye have a great great day (laughs) yeah attack it attack it with everything you have um yeah all good all good all right talk to you later Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unbreakable and Fearless podcast. JC and I are working to make the conversations between coaches and players more productive and honest. We would love for you to subscribe to Unbreakable and Fearless wherever you find your podcasts. Like what you hear today and share the show with your colleagues, friends, and family. Interested in learning more about JC? Visit www unbreakablefemaleathlete.com Want to check out what Candace is up to? Then visit www.fearlessandcapable.com More episodes to come and until then, embrace the unbreakable and fearless spirit.